The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everyone? It's Bo here with another Picard TV Talk. That's right, Star Trek TV Talk, Picard Season 3. Yeah, you, you know the deal. Listen, there is something about Jordy... When he tells you to stay away from his daughter, I don't think you want to take his word for it, okay? I don't think reading Rainbow is going to let that stand. So you, you, you best watch out. <laughs> you best watch out, Jack Crusher. Oh, man. Okay, so there is, you know, this is the season, right? We are right here in the midst of Easter, and there is something that we love this time of year, and that is to search around the yard if it's nice weather, inside if it's not nice weather, for these little things, these these colorful little spherical-esque things that uh, you find, and and you, you put them in your basket, and then either maybe they've got candy inside, maybe you turn them in for candy, uh, whatever, you know, your various tradition may be. The point is, we are all about Easter eggs this time of year. And uh, here with this episode, The Bounty, apparently so is Star Trek. Now, I know that there's a lot of criticism when it comes to reimagining, or not even reimagining, but kind of resurrecting some of these franchises later on in the tail end of their, you know, shelf life, that more often than not, it can become about Easter eggs and about throwbacks and callouts and, you know, all of these things that as fans of a franchise, we love, but then there's also this weird thing that happens where sometimes we hate that. I, I don't know, not me. I generally love all the shout outs. I, I have no problem with the fact, for example, that Luke's dice shows up. I'm sorry, that Han's dice show up in The Last Jedi. That's a deep cut. That was nice that they kind of incorporated it in that way. I thought that was cool. And so being kind of removed from the broader Star Trek fandom, I don't know exactly how all of these Easter eggs that we're getting is being received, but I gotta imagine it's it's gotta be well, right? I mean, okay, so look, I love I love Voyager. We got a major Voyager shout out in this episode with the actual ship itself, hearing the theme music play, hearing Seven talk about her time there. I like that they're not pretending that these other franchises or these other aspects of the franchise didn't happen, but in many respects, season three of Picard is really incorporating all of these things in a really epic way. We've got aspects of the Dominion War playing in massively here, and we've got Voyager characters like Seven talking about what happened in the, the Dominion War, even though she was on the other side of the galaxy at that point. So the interweaving of all of these different aspects of the franchise into this one narrative, I think has been done very well, and I've been enjoying it immensely. And what's great about this is that we actually have two different locations throughout this episode where they're just chop full of Easter eggs, right? Like on the one hand, we go to, you know, Jordy's uh, museum where he's been chilling out. He's got basically every single, you know, hero ship from Star Trek's past, present, and future. They're all right here. And, you know, Jack and Seven even get a chance to kind of rotate through and see all of the best ofs and the greatest hits. I like how they comment also on the lighting in some of these ships because obviously everything is so dark in modern Star Trek, right? Like it's just, it's constantly dark. The lights are never on. 
I've, I've got to imagine at some point there's got to be like these characters have to walk onto the deck of like a, a starship that the lights are actually working. Maybe the Abrams lens flares just burned out the lights on all these things. That's that's probably what happened. But by the way, in that scene where they're, you know, kind of talking about these two things, dude, this Jack Crusher kid, am I wrong or does he have chemistry with everybody? Was I kind of low key shipping him in seven? I mean, oh yeah, I get that there's like an age difference, but you know, I mean like, you know, hey, I see you seven. Okay. You know, look, Jack Crusher, he's a, he's a good looking kid. You know, do your thing. Meanwhile, Jack is also over here making eyes at Jordy's daughter. I, I'm just telling you, Jack is over here macking on every single lady on the show. Are you we sure this isn't Kirk's kid? It seems like Kirk's kid. Anyway, all that to say, at the museum, there are all of these great throwbacks to these ships of the past. And uh, to see them kind of maintaining that classic-esque, you know, sci-fi era look while also just bringing him into the universe as we see it through the lens of Picard, I thought was done extremely well. Meanwhile, at Sector 3890-12, whatever they are, Worf, and we've got Riker, and we've got Rathi, and they're going through all of these different, like, top-kept secret things of Star Trek's past, right? We've got various bodies of various captains, especially <laughs> the title one. We'll talk about that in a second. We also have a mutated evil Trivel. That's fun. The Genesis device was mentioned. I don't, I, 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 you saw it on screen. I don't know what that is. I'll, I'll be but straight up with you. I have no earthly idea what that is. And then of course the reintroduction of Data who died last season and all of these different kind of takes on the Data character from his creator to his, uh, I guess, children to his sibling to all, all of these different, you know, data-esque characters. Basically, everybody that this actor has played. <laughs> They're wrapping up into this, what they call a golem, this humanoid body that has been aged up to kind of give the appearance of wisdom, but also to, you know, finally get past having to de-age this character <laughs> like every single time he appears on screen. And it works nicely. And you've got kind of this, you know, this uh, essentially council of datas existing in the mind of this character character. I love that moment, by the way, that he shares with Jordy. Like, it's so special and tender. Like, I, I thought it was a beautiful little moment as we get the majority of these ca of, of the classic cast coming together. Which, interestingly enough, as we're getting Jordy, there then Riker and Worf leave the ship. And then when Worf and Rathi come back, Riker gets left behind. So even as the show itself is gathering up all these characters, it's it's doing a pretty good job of keeping them separate to save what one imagines is going to be that hero moment where all of them are together again for something special. Probably the uh, finale, if not the penultimate episode of the series. There's a great moment <laughs> where Rathi and Seven see each other and, you know, they, they've, this is the beautiful thing. Those characters have always never, they've just never had good chemistry. I'm sorry, they just have never had good chemistry and I love the awkwardness that was their relationship in season two is on full display here in their breakup and it works so much better as this, as this couple who had this breakup because the awkwardness works there. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something about that that works. And then, of course, Worf had the joke about the, I have often gone into battle with former lovers and oh good I was lying you know, like, like I'm glad you're not coming that's, that's pretty funny but I want to talk about something this uh, this series did really well in terms of the promotion of it you know early on in the commercials we got our first introduction of or I guess reintroduction of Moriarty and that was a big deal so you know while I don't know a whole lot about TNG one of the very few episodes I am familiar with is the Sherlock Holmes Moriarty mostly because of well a few reasons one we see data with a pipe and I'm a big fan of pipes and pipe tobacco and that sort of thing and two is the connection with this character of the Doctor from uh, Voyager. You know, when Voyager, we have this character, the Doctor, he's this hologram that is becoming more and more, I guess he's always been sentient, but at least more and more independent. As he evolves, I believe there's a lot of references to this character of Moriarty, or maybe I just remember reading up on the character as it relates to the Doctor's arc. And so when he was introduced in the promos for this season, I was like super stoked. I was like, whoa, what a deep cut character to make a, you know, kind of a big bad of this season. 
whoops, bait and switch. No, he's not. It's the Dominion, or at least it's the Changelings, and that's where we're going with this. No one saw that coming. What a great way to do a bait and switch. Now, on top of that, when we get him introduced here, it's another bait and switch. This isn't even that Moriarty. This is just Data, or the Council of Datas, that is just kind of messing with their heads to kind of let them know what's going on. Little disappointed that we didn't get more of that character, not gonna lie, but at the same time, I, I really liked how it was used, or rather, how he was used as this bait and switch for the promotion of this series. It got everybody adequately and appropriately hyped for the season, then it removed him and replaced him with a much better villain overall. It kind of reminds me of when uh, what, Kevin Feige did that whole bait and switch with the uh, Captain America Serpent Society that takes it away and be like, boom, Civil War. You know, that's kind of what we got. So in the end, we're left things. We know that for whatever reason, we know the Changelings wants Picard's body. My guess is based off of this kind of narrative of, you know, this disease that he has that's been passed on to Jack. Jack's dealing with some stuff. Perhaps that disease is related to what the Changelings had to deal with. Or maybe they want to use this disease as a kind of biological weapon against the Federation and in the same way the Federation did that to them. It would explain why they wanted Jack. It would explain why they wanted uh, Jean-Luc, like why they wanted their, their biology, why they wanted their body, and they wanted them alive. Or at least they wanted Jack alive, but looks like they'll settle for Jean-Luc. Or maybe it's because they had Jean-Luc's body and they couldn't make it work with the dead stuff, so now they want the living stuff that's in Jack. Anyway, that's my reigning theory. Looking forward to seeing where it goes. Of course, Deanna Troy is back in the picture. She's with Riker. They're off with the bad guys. My guess is there's going to be a whole lot of like bringing them on home next week. The next episode is called Dominion, so that's a pretty big name to throw out for uh, next week's episode. Totally stoked for this series. Never knew I was going to be this much into a Star Trek series, but I'm loving it. Let me know your thoughts. Hey, real quick, if you haven't already, uh, head over to Instagram. Incognitebo is my handle. I'm giving away a Potisteri t-shirt, a Potisteri baseball shirt, essentially. This Wednesday, one random person is going to be uh, reached out to. All you have to do to be qualified to enter in to potentially get one of these shirts is just to direct message me. Follow me on Instagram, Incognitebo. The link is in the description. And uh, message me your t-shirt size. And also, yes, I do need you to be in a place where I could ship it in the United States just for shipping costs and all that kind of good stuff. It's a good way to celebrate 10 years of Potisteri. And also, yeah, I just, I need some of that Instagram love. So hook me up. That's going to do it for me for this week, but don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>